All righty, everybody. Good evening, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we just finished up the AFC wrap-up and, and on to the NFC. And Wiz, before we get into it, I, I do want to talk about it because we have kind of kind of reprogram and reconfigured our, our, our shows and how the week uh, how, the, our, how our week is going to evolve but I, I will say kudos to you uh, tremendous start to the season you were three and0 in your picks uh, you got your game right with the Arizona Cardinals and your prop bets on uh, Brandon Cooks correctly and uh, you know I think I held my own as well seven and two in my prop bets and going two and one in the game bets and uh, look we're here to add value and uh, so far on week one Wiz, we did that. Oh, yeah, no question about that. You know, I like to pick and choose my spots, and uh, you started off high and uh, continued the momentum going uh, on to Sunday as well. And uh, you pulled out a double barrel uh, with a prop bet and a side bet. I don't know how you got them both to win, but you got the Raiders with the points and Lamar Jackson over rushing yards. And I think his run at the very, very end of regulation uh, put it the over. So uh, well done by you as well. Yeah, and then look, I think – Look, we, I think we spend a lot of time when we look at things and we try to understand game flow and how things are, are, are going to play out. Uh, I, I would think I might think a little bit differently, especially what I saw, how, how, how Latavius Murray kind of finished up that game, what that means for rushing totals, different type of games, depending on the opponent is. But, you know, that's what we're here to do and uh, excited to talk about it. But, you know, for this uh, podcast, Wiz, we're here going to do a little bit of review on, on the NFC and, and the action that took place. And I want to start with the Eagles, Wiz. Um, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles went down to the the Falcons. And, you know, we looked at the Eagles this year. I think a lot of people after last year had a lot of sour taste in their mouth. They probably have more injuries than any other team in the NFL. But they just put a beat down on both sides of the ball. Uh, Jalen Hurts looked terrific. The running game looked excellent. Uh, and all the way around, Devonta Smith, uh, exciting rookie, scored a touchdown. Uh, they got D- Dallas Goddard very involved in this game. And defensively, they just harassed the Atlanta Falcons all game long. Yeah, no no question about that. No question about that. That was... Uh... That was that was very interesting, and uh, I'll tell you something. Looking at that game, is that Calvin Ridley had three catches for thirty-nine yards, three minutes in the game, and I think he ended up with like five for fifty-one. That's correct. They completely stifled him. They stopped pitch as well. Um, and I made one of my bold predictions that either the Eagles or the Giants. We're going to win that division as opposed to the two heavy favorites, Washington and Dallas. And uh, I'll tell you, I'd make that same prediction right now. I just have a feeling that that division is right for the taking. And uh, one game, as I said, anything could happen. But I'm, I, I like with more than anything else the Eagles' defense, the way they stopped a, an experienced quarterback at home, and they were able to stop their two deadliest combinations, Ryan to Ridley and Ryan to Kyle Pitts. So – there's a lot to be uh, excited about from an Eagles standpoint. Yeah, that was beat down one that I definitely took notice. The the other one was the New Orleans Saints who were playing a home game in Jacksonville against the reigning MVP and Aaron Rodgers, uh, who looked like he'd rather be on the set of Jeopardy than uh, than in that stadium uh, on, on this particular day. Uh, what a disaster for the Packers. Uh, but really great story to see. Jameis Winston, we talked about it. We were a little nervous. We actually picked up in one of our leagues on a whim just to see what happens, Taysom Hill. But Jameis Winston was extremely efficient, didn't turn the football over, only 148 yards passing, but he made them all count. Five touchdowns. 
Uh, very impressive. Uh, we talked about Tony Jones Jr. I think he's going to have standalone value in this offense. We, we spoke about how we think they're going to use these two running backs together, which they did at times in this particular game. Uh, we didn't quite get that game from Marcus Callaway. Uh, we'll, see him, we'll see him again. A guy to keep your eye on, I think, is Jawan Johnson, uh, although Adam Troutman was running a lot of patterns here as well. But uh, a red zone target, that was Jawan Johnson. We said that we thought one of these other guys would show up. We also got a long touchdown out of Deontay Harris, but a uh, tremendous, tremendous effort on, again, both sides of the ball by the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, I don't think Green Bay came to play. Uh, Aaron Rodgers looked like he wanted to be anywhere but playing in that game. Um, I'm not sure. I know that he, him and Devontae Adams put up um, on their Twitter feeds the thing for the last dance, but I'm pretty sure that year the Bulls didn't lose any game by 70 points, and uh, that was not a good way to start the last dance. That was uh, that was that was, that was not impressive at all. And uh, luckily for the Packers, they get the Lions at home, so I'm assuming they'll turn that around. But um, yeah, I, I I mean for a lack of better description, Aaron Rodgers looked just looked disinterested. You know, I I, I got to tell you, Wiz, I'm I'm curious to see what happens in leagues this week. Are guys like Rodgers and Devontae Adams are people going to get nervous and potentially try to trade them? Uh, I'm very curious to see what the fan reaction is because I think the patience uh, in Green Bay is, is running very very low at the moment. I think you got a lot of that in the off season. They they basically did not side with Aaron Rodgers during a lot of this so uh, you know they're up against it right away and you know we talk about the Lions but I, I can guarantee you this Dan, Dan Campbell is going to have that team ready to play uh, as we saw this week in, in their comeback almost a comeback tie game uh, against the San Francisco 49ers in a, in a game they were completely out of but I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm watching this Green Bay situation extremely closely I, I you know they didn't even attempt to use the running backs in this ball game uh, they hardly even touched the football so this was this was a disastrous effort from the Green Bay Packers yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's, there's no other way to describe it. Disaster is a good word. Uh, and the whole division, by the way, every team in the division lost. We've talked about your Vikings already. Uh, you know, a tough loss in that particular ball game. Uh, we mentioned the Lions here. The Bears uh, stayed in that game for a while against the Rams on Sunday night, but inevitably uh, that came to an end. I was extremely impressed with Matthew Stafford in this offense. They got the running game going late. Uh, you know, Wiz, Stafford in this offense with these with these weapons in this offense and him and Cooper Cup seemed really, really connected. I thought that uh, Bobby Woods would be the big beneficiary of Stafford being there. Uh, game one, that looks to be incorrect. It looks like Cooper Cup, if he stays healthy, could go bananas this year. Yeah, I don't like to, you know... Like I said, judge anything or be up or too down and based on anything with one week. But I'm not saying Robert Woods isn't going to have some better games in Cooper Cup, and I'm not saying that Robert Woods is not going to have great games as well. I'm just saying it'll be difficult for me to envision that Cooper Cup is not going to remain a top ten guy all year long. Yeah, and, and, I, and I thought that both guys could kind of do that. But in game one, certainly, the, the connection with these two players was just 
was just very impressive to watch. Almost reminiscent, actually, of like what we used to see with Jordy Nelson and, and Aaron Rodgers, actually. So uh, something to watch here, something to watch very, very closely. And we talked about this uh, in our last podcast. The NFC West was undefeated. Very resounding results from, from all the teams in this division. Um, well, yes. Arizona Cardinals was going into Tennessee, blowing them out. I mean, Murray, unbelievable. Weapons all over the place. Chandler Jones with probably you know the best performance of the day with five quarterback sacks. And I'll tell you what, I was very, very impressed with everything I saw by the Arizona Cardinals in this ballgame. Certainly. I mean, they, they got off to a hot start and they stayed hot. And once they got that lead, they, that pass rush was just ferocious. Uh, and Tannehill, you know, kind of they took Derrick Henry out of the game and they were just harassing Tannehill on every single drop back. Uh, the connection with Julio Jones seemed way off. Like that's going to take maybe a handful of games to get, in, you know, better. But, um, yeah, I'd be a little bit concerned about the Julio Jones thing. Uh, and I'm not even talking about him staying on the field. I'm just talking about the connection with Tannehill. It looked, it looked off. All right, and now let's go to the Seahawks, Wiz. Uh, Russ cooking again. Um, are the Seahawks going to learn their lessons from last year and, and let the man do his do his damage? Once again, him and Tyler Lockett, big games. DK Metcalf quiet for most of this game, then got involved. Uh, we talked about the tight ends here. Everett scored a touchdown. Will Disley was involved. Uh, Russell Wilson was incredible in this game. Uh, they've already got an injury at running back. Rashad Penny, once again, is going to miss some time. Uh, so Russell, Russell Wilson cooking looks to be something that uh, the new offensive coordinator looks like he wants to have happen. Yeah, I mean, for, for certain. I mean, that connection with Lockett was just beautiful. Uh, they made some big plays. He made some great throws. And it very much reminds me what happened at the start of the 2020 season. The question is, will it continue much longer than it did last season? And speaking of continuance, continuation, so we saw in a lot of drafts, Wiz, coming into this year, and, and we wondered – why Raheem Mostert was being drafted for less value in auction drafts than Trey Sermon. Uh, at, you know, in terms of in, in snake drafts, at times I, we, we, we saw you know, players going right next to one another. And I guess at the end of the day, and, and there was a lot of worry about Raheem Mostert and his health, and boom, right away, Raheem Mostert hurts. So there's, a, there's a couple of things I want to talk about with the 49ers. So how do you see the running back? playing out here, you know, going forward. I think Sermon will be certainly active. I'm not sold on Elijah Mitchell. I know Mitchell was active because he has special teams ability. So I'm not sold on that, you know, being the case. But obviously he's going to get a crack at at an opportunity here. I think the biggest surprise of all was what happened with Brandon Ayuk, whether it was injury-related or performance-related. That remains to be seen. But this was the Debo Samuel show uh, for this particular ballgame. Brandon Ayuk didn't, didn't record a stat. Uh, so really concerning stuff here. And, you know, the Niners it really surprised me. I, I guess they went into a prevent defense mode, uh, but allowing the Lions to come back in this game, this is a defense that, that I put some faith in uh, to start this year. And uh, I certainly didn't like that comeback against the, that the Lions put on against, uh, against this Niner defense. It was, yeah, it was a strange game. 
you know, George Kittle not recovering an onside kick. And yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if they got complacent or they just started playing soft, but uh, look, you're not going to get get out to a three or four touchdown lead against the Rams and the Seahawks and Arizona. Uh, so you're going to have to improve your defense in those games regarding the 49ers backfield. Um, listen, <laughs> you want to be able to have on your fantasy team somebody from that 49ers backfield because they love the ground and pound. Their offensive line is good. Um, they're in a position where they're running the ball a lot in the second half. The question is what to do. I do feel you're going to see Trey Sermon active and being a big part of the offense. Um, I'm not quite sure that Elijah Mitchell is going to be completely removed from the situation. It's really just a thing to monitor because you got Hasty. He's ready to go. Uh, Wilson is going to be back at some point during the year. So you want to have part of that running back situation. Um, it's just difficult to parse through at this point what's going to happen. Okay, very good. Uh, I, I'm, I'm hopping around a little bit in the NFC, Wiz, and if you, if you have a place you want to – is there any way – well, I'll, I'll hand it to you. Anywhere you want to go here in the NFC? Anything you want to specifically talk about? Uh, in the NFC, let's see. Um, the thing that I guess is, 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 you know, Tampa Bay to me, and I just feel that – the people that thought Antonio Brown was on the wrong side of his career and washed up and think, or even think that that first week was a fluke are going to be sadly mistaken. I just think all three of those receivers and Gronkowski are going to be formidable all year. I think Gronkowski is going to be a top, a top 10 tight end. And I think all three of those receivers for Tampa Bay are going to finish inside the top 20 or 25 at wide receiver this year. So I know it was just one game against Dallas, but I just think that you're going to see a whole mess of that all season long. Yeah, and the Cowboys is kind of interesting. Was first off, both both of those tight ends contributed. Um, you saw both Jarwin and, and Dalton Schultz involved in this game. But now you have another wrinkle going on here with the Cowboys. So Michael Gallup is going to be out anywhere from three to six weeks. Uh, maybe Cedric Wilson's the beneficiary of that. Maybe both both Cooper and, and CeeDee Lamb are the beneficiary of that because they get more balls thrown this way. Or perhaps it's actually the Cowboy tight ends that actually get the biggest beneficiary from Michael Gallup being removed from uh, the equation here. What are your thoughts on that particular situation? I think you're going to see a little bit of everything you mentioned. I think, you know, Cedric Wilson is a guy that's explosive uh, and the Cowboys are not afraid to use him and throw the ball to the player, but I think they're going to play some 12 personnel set as well and, um, and, and use both tight ends in there. So I think both tight ends and certainly Wilson, Cedric Wilson get a boost uh, in terms of free agency pickups. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about uh, Trey Lance and, and uh, Justin Fields, who we know both coaches said that who was starting was going to be Andy Dalton in Chicago, was going to be Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco, but there were going to be packages sprinkled in. And I guess what I'm asking here, what's your feeling? Uh, you know, Trey Lance throwing a touchdown in his first play, uh, Justin Fields making a first down in, on, on another play. I don't know how this is going to play out. I, I talked about that offensive line in Chicago. It is not a good offensive line, and, and that's a concern for me. But, you know, is this headache going to be cleared up sooner or later in that you're going to get a situation that gets rectified where the rookies take over within, I don't know, somewhere between game 
five and eight, I don't know, kind of like what Eli Manning did when he was with the Giants? Or is this just going to be a noise fest for, for quite some time this year? I think it'll get resolved a lot quicker in Chicago. I think, you know, Justin Fields will take over that role. Um, the 49ers are in a different predicament. Um, if they're winning and Garoppolo is playing okay, uh, they're not going to just hand it all over to Trey Lance. The problem is Trey Lance is on a better team than Justin Fields, and Trey Lance is a better quarterback than Justin Fields. So you'd like to see him get the keys to the kingdom first or at least at the same point that Justin Fields will. The problem is um, – Justin Fields is in a situation where he's going to get the opportunity uh, to do that first. And keys to the kingdom is something that's shifting in Washington. Ryan Fitzpatrick with with a hip injury. He's going to be out for a number of weeks. Uh, in steps Tyler Heineke, uh, who was almost a winner against Tom Brady in the playoffs last year. How do you think this plays into the key offensive weapons, particularly Terry McLaurin and Logan Thomas? I think, I think, I think from a from a running game perspective, I, I'm not sure it really matters. I was actually pretty shocked in this ball game with J.D. McKissick zero stats in this ball game. Maybe that's something that though that that's going to continue, and that Gibson will be more involved in the passing game than he was last year. So first, I'm going to ask you. What's what's your what's your view on on how things play out with Heineke at quarterback and what it means for the offensive weapons here? And then secondly, you know, J.D. McKissick, who was a PPR darling last year, is that something that uh, owners have to be concerned about? Two good questions. Uh, I think the skilled players. Uh, you know, kind of remain the same. I don't think they get downgraded. I don't think they get uh, upgraded. Um, so I think the skill players remain about the same. Uh, and I think, I, I think Gibson is just going to be a workhorse guy this year. So I'd be concerned about that if I was a McKissick owner. But as far as if I own McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas, um, those type of players, um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not bothered by the switch to Heineke. You know, it may even be a little bit of an upgrade. Okay. Uh, the last team I want to talk about is the Giants. Um, you know, again, I mentioned key fumble by Daniel Jones. A game doesn't go by where he doesn't do something like that. Uh, I, I guess what I want to ask, Wiz, uh, you know, we did have a lot of debate about Saquon Barkley coming into this season. The Giants kind of were playing it very coy when it came to his usage, uh, and certainly that was not – Coy when it came to game time because uh, he, he was used in, in a very timid fashion for game one. Uh, and then the, on the flip side, uh, in the passing game, and I, I, we talked about this, it seemed like Sterling Shepard was the guy that had Daniel Jones' eye. And certainly week one, Stan, Sterling Shepard was the guy who reaped the benefits uh, for that rapport. Is that something that you see continuing? So I'm curious as a, as a, as a Barkley, I don't own Barkley. I, don't, I think I own... I own Shepard in one in one league. That's the only giant I own in fantasy this year. Uh, but I'm just trying to get your impressions about this. Is this is this something that if you're if you decided you know what I'm going to take Saquon with a first round pick or I'm going to pay up and actually get him? And in most uh, uh, auction drafts that I was in, uh, Saquon Barkley is definitely deeply discounted. So I'm kind of. I'm kind of wondering what you're thinking about the situation. Again, only one game in, so you don't want to press panic buttons. But, you know, the Giants don't have a good offensive line to start with. I feel this is a conservative approach all around on this offense. You know, what are your thoughts on the Giants? Yeah, you mentioned Shepard before the season, so you were kind of right on that. And, uh, yeah, I think, 
yeah, I'm not going to love that connection with him and Galladay. So, yeah, I think I'm I'm with you on Shepard. And my feelings on Barkley has not changed one iota at any point right up until this this, this podcast. Uh, I'm just going to let him be somebody else's problem. And I think you're going to have to worry about missing games. Here's a situation where the guy played some on Sunday. Now they have a short week. You know, are the Giants going to be willing to play Barkley a lot or at all on a short week? Um, so that's kind of two games down the drain. If they don't, we'll have to see how that goes. But it, it, this is the situation that I wanted to avoid and did avoid. But if you have Barkley, this is just going to be a situation every single week where you're not quite sure what what the usage is going to be, if he's going to play, uh, and in what capacity. So, uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure about that. I do want to mention one other thing, Wiz. Uh, I think I talked about this a little bit. I, I, You know I'm a little bit high on the Panthers, and, and that ended up being a, a pretty close game against the Jets. Uh, Sam Donald played well. He hooked up with Robbie Anderson. I was more impressed again with this this defense. I think this is going to be a very pesky defense. You know, Granted, they're going against a rookie quarterback. It's probably going to be a lot different going against Tom Brady. Uh, again, I think the Panthers are going to make some noise this year in football. I, I, I do feel strongly about that, Wiz. Yeah, they 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 look good in their offense, <laughs> you know. Starting with McCaffrey, um, just just tremendous. Uh, Terrace Marshall didn't get involved that much in the game, but uh, the connection with Robbie Anderson that must have felt good to both Sam Donald and Robbie Anderson. But I, I completely agree that of all the teams in the AFC. Carolina to me is like the AFC's version of the Bengals. I, I just a team that I just feel is just going to be better and better um, over the next few years. All right, great. Well, that's all I have for the NFC Wiz. Anything, uh, anything else you wanted to add here? No, that's a wrap. Fantastic stuff. All right, Wiz. Uh, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, uh, our NFC Week 1 recap. We are on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, and we're on SoundCloud. Make sure you subscribe. We'll be back, uh, I guess, tomorrow. We'll be talking a little waiver wires. Uh, probably have a little Thursday night football to talk about. Uh, we'll be doing the betting lines again this week, prop bets, draft kings, all that good stuff. Make sure you're listening. Wiz, you have yourself a good rest of the evening. You do the same. Thank you.